Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Warrior Within. And you know, this this week is has some trying times. It's very interesting to see what's happening. Um, I'm not very excited about it, but if the Lord's under control of all this, then it'll work out for His glory somehow. Um, but it made me start thinking about Israel. It made me think about how, if you guys have ever read in First Samuel. That's where the first king gets chosen. Um, if you were to get to, basically, it kind of starts in chapter 7, which I thought was kind of interesting, but Samuel leads Israel to a victory. Uh, basically, there's a fight, and they're able to beat the Philistines. And then the chapter right after that, Israel requests a king. So if you read in the first six verse, or eight verses, nine, Excuse me. As Samuel grew up, he appointed his sons to be judges over Israel. So, I mean, remember before then, the idea was judges ruled over Israel, but a judge was ruled by God. So, therefore, God was basically king over Israel. So, Joel and Abijah, his sons, <clears throat> held court in Beersheba, but they were not like their father, for they were greedy for money. They accepted bribes and perverted justice. So, they were not good examples of judges that Israel needed. Finally, all the elders of Israel met with at Ramah to discuss what uh, the matter with Samuel. Look, they told him, you are now old. Your sons are not like you. Give us a king to judge us like all the other nations have. So that made me start thinking about how a lot of times we we think that if, because people fail, right? in their leadership positions that we need to be different we need to be like everybody else and you know of course that's kind of the outcry that you keep kind of hearing in America is that there is a lot of we want to be like all the other nations we want to be like all the other nations but they don't do research so once again Israel is pointing out that they want to be like all the other nations so, you know, confused Samuel is probably thinking, like, why Why would he want that? You know, the Lord can provide proper leadership if my sons aren't doing right. I mean, that's probably what's going through his head. But, you know, they're like, we want it. We want to be like every, all the other nations. We want to have a king to judge over us. So Samuel was displeased with their request and went to the Lord for guidance. Do everything they say to you, the Lord replied, for they are rejecting me, not you. They don't want me to be their king any longer. Ever since I brought them out from Egypt, they have continually abandoned me, followed other gods, and now they're giving you the same treatment. Do as they ask. He solemnly warned, warned them about what the way a king will reign over them. So if you continue reading in that chapter, I mean, he, he basically gives Israel, this is what's going to happen to you. This, this is what's going to happen. You're going to lose your freedoms that you have because you're going to have to serve this king. He's going to take your kids, your sons, to go be basically an army for him. He will force you to plow his fields, so you technically will have to work for him, uh, harvest his crops, and some will make weapons and chariot equipment. The king will take your daughters from you and force them to cook and bake and make perfumes for him. He will take away the best of your fields and vineyards and olive groves and give them to his own officials. So in other words, he's warning and telling him, this is what's going to happen. There's even more. He's going to take, basically tax them. And they're going to basically be servants to this king. 
and he's telling them, if you can, t if you want this, you're going to lose the freedoms that God is giving you under His leadership, and you're going to have to serve this person in a way that's going to be probably more aggressive and and a little bit more in your face about it and you still want this right but the people refused to listen to samuel's warnings even so we want a king they said we want to be like the nations around us our king will judge us and lead us into battle so samuel repeated the lord to the lord what the people have said and the lord replied do as they say give them a king then samuel agreed and sent the people home so the next chapter is basically Saul meets Samuel and you know he stands out from the rest of the guys he's like a head taller you know he seems to be holding himself strong and he seems to love the Lord the Lord blesses him and Samuel gives him basically the right to be king and the idea is that the whole world that Israel had started changing right there in that moment and I started thinking about how us as men how many times have we asked God for things to guide us, to lead us? And when disappointment comes, we start looking to other people for guidance, clarity, and understanding instead of him. Where we start doing the same thing over and over again that's already been done by people. I mean, I, I start thinking about how discouraging it is right now that I, I, I want to start my church, but I don't have the money to do it. I can't get a, a decent job to pay for it. And yet, I still have this burden for it. I haven't compromised my situation to try to fit into something else. Um... But I also kind of noticed that churches start changing too. I don't know if you've noticed that, that, that if we were to take from 20, 30 years ago, the church has changed its, its direction in a lot of ways. It's become more of a platform for self-glorification versus teaching about God and starting to reflect in how people treat morality and integrity and character. And as men, we're supposed to be we're supposed to be standing for truth. We're not supposed to be sitting back and allowing this new not even new, but this cultural ideal that we gotta be like everybody else. We gotta be like all the other churches. You know, we, we can't think differently because then we're not following the way it's always been. And I think as we look how Israel goes through their process and every king that they get um, after Samuel or not Samuel uh, Solomon it gets worse you know Solomon was the last of the kings that had both lordship over Israel and Judea and after that the, the kingdoms the kingdom split into two and there's a bunch of kings for both sides and it's evil king after evil king after evil king after evil king and you get to see assassinations. You get to see kings bring in like the the gunk and crap into Israel that destroys them basically. And by the time 
it's all over. Israel is taken over by other countries at the end. Judah eventually soon after. And God is silent for, like, what was it, 800 years? Or 600 years, something like that. You see, our choices do matter. When we try to take the reins from God, it does change things. When we try to seek out what we think is correct and right, it does change things. And we end up seeing a culture change because we've gotten too lax. Start chasing after worldly desires over God's desires. In a lot of ways, that's what kind of happened. Israel started chasing after being like the world over God because I guess they wanted to see somebody in power versus believing in somebody in power. I mean, the New Testament has a lot of a lot of things it talks about. Watch out when you focus on the world versus God. First John two fifteen through seventeen says, "Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him." For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and desires of the eyes and pride in possessions is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world is passing along with its desires. But whoever does the will of God abides forever. Colossians 3.2 says, Set your mind on things that are above, not things that are on the earth. In James 4.4, Your adulterous people... You do not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God. Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. In Romans 12:2, one of my favorite verses, do not conform to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good, acceptable, and perfect. You see, I think we start focusing on this world because we're afraid to trust in God 100%. We doubt him. We get up when we see things doesn't seem to be working the way we were hoping and we get discouraged. And as men, we we tend to hide those feelings and kind of put it to the side and, and try to act tough but in reality we start kind of jumping onto the world start chasing after things this world could offer to make us feel better and not focus on God anymore uh, we start trying to feed ourselves with the blessings this world can offer and forget that God has something better for us so instead of conforming to God, we conform to the world, start thinking like the world, acting like the world, and we start saying, hey, you know, God, um, you know, you're great and all, but we want to be like the church like everybody else. We want to be like everybody else. And we start seeing compromise, heavy compromise in, in Christian culture. People using scriptures out of contents just to get a narrative that they want or a voice that they want to be heard in their church. You start seeing... Leaders become philosophers and thinkers and teachers and don't help people to apply the scriptures to their life. Start seeing 
in churches and at homes where we excuse sin as well you know you're not a you're not killing anybody you're not selling drugs you're not you're not doing this evil stuff so i'm not going to confront you about it and so we start creating a culture that starts wanting to be like the world and you start hearing that cry but all the other nations do it this way so why can't we you see it all comes back down to the one thing Remember, Samuel, his older sons, stopped loving God. They stopped serving him. They started serving for themselves. And he's not the only one who had sons that did that too. But the thing is, it all goes back to that one thing. Just because your dad or mom you know, walked in the way of the Lord doesn't mean you are just because they did. You have to choose to follow him. You have to choose to chase after him. And you got to remove the desires of chasing after the world. In Titus 2, 11 through 12, it says, For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions, excuse me, and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age. You see, it's a choice, guys. It's a choice to follow what we're supposed to follow and what we're supposed to live by and how we're supposed to live and how to walk upright. It's a choice that we have to make. I have a concern for us as men today and not stepping up like we're supposed to but also chasing after the wrong things. And take a quick break. Welcome back. And uh, just like what we were talking about, we are chasing after the wrong things. I, I really think we do. Um, we, we spend too much time focusing on trying to help our families to feel blessed and amazed here on earth that we forget to teach them the values and integrity, the uprightness, the godliness that they're supposed to walk. We start seeing a lot of kids starting to act like the world heavily, but parents not saying anything to stop their kids from acting that way. We see churches leaning towards trying to fit into the culture instead of trying to tell these people what Jesus did the gospel Matthew 16 26 says for what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul or what shall a man give in return for his soul because see in scripture it also talks about you can't serve God and man you can't uh, love, you can't have the love of money and God. You see, once again, in scripture, continues to tell us you can't have it all in the world and all in God. You either love one and hate the other, or love the other and hate the other, and hate the other. I think as I said it right. Because it goes right back to 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20. It says, or do you know what your body 
is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God, you are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. You see, one of the other things is we forget that we made that choice when we accepted Christ, that we also were bought in, in a debt. Because our, our debt was to be put into hell, to die forever, to be separated from God. But Christ gave us hope. He defeated sin and death, and we accepted that, and we accepted him as our Lord, and we repented of our ways because we have chosen to follow his way of thinking, his lifestyle, his ideals, his ways, because we were going to serve him like a knight serves his king. That was the idea behind this. And yet what we continue to do is we chase after this world because we rather find the glory and the, the prestige and the power and everything that we need here in this world. So we chase after it. And sometimes we don't even recognize that we're falling into this trap because we're so separated from God's connection by not spending time with him, by not going to church or going it once in a while, or we forget by not studying his scriptures, we forget by not praying, we forget by not doing what he asks in scripture, we start compromising. We watch as our kids live a life that they shouldn't be living because we think, you know, hey, well, it's part of life, they'll figure it out. No, you're supposed to be leading your kids, teaching them what is right, what is wrong. They're playing a video game you should be by their side saying, why is this okay? Is this, you think this is okay? And start talking with them. The music they're listening to, step up and say something. Give them alternatives, but don't just say, I, I'm, I'm your dad and I say, no, that's final. No, teach them so they have understanding because they're going to grow up to be a dad and they need to know why their dad said no. Know your scripture so you can help with that. I was brought up in Christian schools that just told us we can't do A, B, or C, but they never explained why A, B, and C were wrong, according to them. And if we question it, they just kind of got a little upset over it. But this is the thing, guys. As men, we're supposed to be walking in uprightness. We're supposed to be leading our families. We're supposed to be leading are at the churches just be leading at our jobs or just be leaders in understanding so when people ask us questions we'll be able to defend our points we'll be able to say this is why i believe the way i believe this is why i do the things i do when people ask why i didn't drink i actually gave them uh something that solomon told his son you know someone in leadership should not be drinking so he's never compromised and i tell him it's not because i don't I don't think, I, I, they think drinking is wrong. It's because I personally don't want to be compromised, even though I know even in my family, there's, there's actually chances of being addicted to it because my grand, my grandfathers were all drunkards and beat their family and, and treated their family horribly, did horrible things. I mean, my one grandfather, uh, was so drunk that when he tried to kiss me, I pulled away. He got mad. He was going to grab me, throw me out the window to teach me a lesson. You see, there's there's points where we need to step up and actually say 
why we believe what we do. And the only way you can say that is by understanding. And then you're supposed to be teaching your family, your wife, your kids, so they have an understanding. And then we'll start seeing men come together, being able to speak in truth and stand for truth and not be quiet at churches. Not compromise just because my kids are happy, even though I may not be happy because I'm not serving the Lord like I should. It's all about understanding what it means to be able to uphold the truth and stand by it. I've given you plenty of verses just to think about this straight up. God will open the door. God will show us the path we're supposed to go. And we don't have to be like the world. We don't have to chase after it. Israel's choice of, of chasing after a king opened up the door for a lot of issues that just kept breaking down because they took their eyes off the Lord and stopped focusing on the Lord. And and the idea is that guys, you know, now we're we're like leaders of our own home, and we need to take that opportunity to be able to protect and fight for our our truth in Christ. We need to be able to stand against the evils of this world and not allow our families to just be corrupted by it. But it takes a time for us to be able to go and study, spend time in God's word and know it. Get a part of the church and speak, not stay silent. Because I, 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 for one, don't want my church when I start it to be like all the other churches. I want it to be different. I want it to be a gospel message church that's going to go out and tell people the truth. And the men in my church are going to be different. They're not going to be silent. So guys, today, this is your opportunity to recognize why the choosing of Saul was not necessarily the best thing for Israel, but at the same time, God did bless him with good kings and kings who made a difference, but there's always going to be a compromise. You know, having human leadership is always going to be human leadership and they will make mistakes. And so as us, we will make our mistakes, but it is our opportunity to speak up and say what we're supposed to say as men of God and to do what men are supposed to be doing, being leaders and godly and upright and have self-control, have passion, have compassion for people, show grace, love people, show discernment, have an acceptable mindset because we focus on who God is. So take this time, this moment, set your mind on things above and not on earthly desires. Be the men that God wants you to be. Stop chasing after this world to try to find the the peace, the glory, the the power, the feel-goodness, the completeness because God can bless you here on earth but you have to give it all to him because if you just chase after all the things you can get here you're going to miss out on so much I often wonder if Israel never asked for a king what would Israel be like today you know because their choice has consequences for their generations and it does affect a lot 
It doesn't just affect the moment. It's the same for us. Our choices today will affect our future and our kids' future and the future of people that we know. So be mindful of that. Stop chasing after the world. Start chasing after him. Stop trying to fit in to the world. Stop trying to figure out how to belong to the world. Stop trying to figure out how Jesus fits in the world because he doesn't. And you shouldn't either. We're, we're on a different path. And it's time that we start acting like we're supposed to be acting like and living the life like we're supposed to be living. So stop chasing after the world. Start chasing after God. Lord, I pray that you just awaken these hearts and these minds that they be clear that they understand that if they're chasing after worldly desires and and wants and hopes and and peace and completeness that they stop recognize that they need to trust in you they need to focus on you they need to give it all to you stop trying to find their king here on earth and start recognizing who you are their king i pray that in this moment lord that hearts will be changed that they'll want you to be more Lord, sovereign over their life, that they'll start walking upright and start acting like godly men, start having self-control, have passions, chase after godliness, um, and have a passionate heart for you uh, to find grace and understanding to, towards people, being loving, have discernment, accepting what you say and stop trying to fit into this world lord i thank you for all that you do and i trust that you will lead us even in dark times that your name will be glorified in jesus name amen you all have a blessed day